Well, good morning out there in Radio Land. This is May the 1st, but it feels like February the 10th. Um, I'm not digging this cold weather for May. Give me some heat. I want some heat. Um, I'm sick of rain. I'm sick of the cold weather. I'm ready for summer, spring. I'll take late winter at this point if I could just get out of this cold weather. Um, This is supposed to be May the 1st. I do remember in high school one time. Uh, I think it was my sophomore year. It snowed late May. I remember that. Now, it didn't stick or nothing, but I remember it was late May. We looked out the window, and it was snowing. So I don't want the weather to get any kind of ideas. All right, I'm not trying to give it any advice. I'm not trying to insinuate anything. I just want some warm weather. So it looks like throughout the week we're still going to be cool until this weekend. It's going to climb at least back into the 70s, and um, hopefully we'll start getting some warm weather back in there. But we're hoping that you're having a good morning because regardless of what the weather is outside, the Lord Jesus is warm and our hearts burn as we walk with him. Amen. Well, this morning, as always, we have Miss Gretchen Miller. How are you doing? I'm doing very well. Uh, Brother Jason Miller, how are you doing? Doing great. Happy to be here. And Miss Hannah Hayes, how are you? I'm good. Have the joy of the Lord this morning. I tell you what, um, if you all were not with us yesterday morning at service, you missed an epic, very exciting moment in the middle of service. We uh, were playing a video slideshow of the prom and all their suits, tuxes, smiles, dresses, all that good stuff, and they were... Well, he's getting that done. Well, it stopped in the middle of it, and we were trying to rescue it. And uh, Jason said, well, somebody needs to play a song. And lo and behold, <laughs> Josh Durkee starts to play Mary, Mary Did, did you, you Know. know. Yeah. <laughs> Your face. <laughs> it's awful. The way that he was playing it so well, though. Like, he he was I softly did, I playing know, it. Oh, I didn't know it was him. I, I thought, yeah, he was I thought it was you guys upstairs. Oh, that was him. Oh, you didn't know it was him? No, I didn't. <laughs> it was him the whole yeah. time. He was sneaky about it because he wasn't looking like he was doing anything. <laughs> he was the one doing it. Yeah, That's I hilarious. Didn't know. It could have been like one of those, um, what are that called whenever you just had this surprise outbreak of song? What's that called when people do it? I don't know. Like a, I've never had one. Flash a mob. flash mob? Yeah, something like that. <laughs> it could have been like that, Jason. It, people it, start coming out of the pews. <laughs> That would be funny. That's what that's what the men choir is going to be like. It's going to be a surprise. <laughs> We're just going to start a song, and men are going to start rising all over the sanctuary. I mean, that's pretty impressive that they thought that was a a track. Yeah. <laughs> I did. Cool. I I thought y'all were just messing with me up there. Nope. I think no, he's that played that Josh. song once or two. And nobody discussed this with Josh either. He, this was his own idea. <laughs> Tormenting me. <laughs> He's getting even with some of the tricks that you uh, yeah, that's true. played on Yeah, We can't even say some of the tricks Jason's played on Josh. <laughs> can't even say that on the air, probably. Um, uh, the one of them involved a dirty diaper one time. Uh-oh. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think Hannah's ever heard that story. Nope. <laughs> yeah, I, I guess I could say uh, I had it coming. <laughs> Josh, he put a dirty diaper in Josh's piano stool. Oh, my God. Yeah. Yeah. Who's Dirty Diaper? <laughs> I think it was Levi's. This is a while back. Yeah. I've been Poor. living in fear of retribution for all these years. <laughs> oh, that's good stuff. That is good. Well, we do have the joy of the Lord, and we're smiling already. And we have a full morning ahead of us. Uh, we're going to kind of um, streamline a little bit through John this morning, get some Bible Q&A. 
because we actually have two guests this morning. Uh, Miss Juanita Sheck is going to be in here talking about the National Day of Prayer on this Thursday, um, just right around the corner, just a few more days, and then uh, <clears throat> um, we'll be gathering. I think it's going to be all over. There's some in Litchfield. There's some in Cloverport, Irvington, Hardinsburg, and um, if anybody else has any National Day of Prayer events and other local um communities or assemblies please don't hesitate to let us know and we'll get the word out for you there and um and so she's going to be there from 8 to 8 30 and then brother jim waters from bluegrass institute will be on from 8 30 to 9 as always with the first monday of every month updating us on what's going on in the state of kentucky so full morning coming up here excited for all the good stuff that's ahead of us there, but um, not many announcements now. We're starting to kind of get our announcements out of um, the ones that we had man up last week. Went great. Went great. Coffee with Jesus. The reports and praise reports were great. Uh, Miss Megan knocked it out of the ballpark from what we all hear. And um, and so very excited for all that God's doing. Had a great service yesterday. And um, just really excited for all that God has in store for his body and for his bride. Amen. Um, am I missing any announcements besides National Day of Prayer, though? I know Litchfield's got it going on at noon. Hardensburg's got it going on at noon. Cloverport's at 11. Irvington's at 12 Eastern, so it'll be 11 Central. Um, what other announcements am I missing here? I think that's it. We have graduation coming up on the 19th here. The 19th, and then we've and I, got... And I was thinking, you know, there's probably in our listening area, hopefully there's uh, National Day of Prayer all over, you know, every county mm-hmm. that, uh, yeah. yep. all 120, and, hopefully. And anybody that wants us to announce the happenings of the National Day of Prayer in your local community, please um, just give us the word and we will get it out for you. You can text me at 270-230-6337. Again, that is 270-230-6337. You can also engage or interact with a broadcast that way, too, and ask your Bible questions, ask your um, questions pertaining to walking the Christian life, um, whatever it is, comments, complaints, um, requests for Jason, um, <laughs> singing, um, whatever that looks like. We're just here to serve you every morning from 7 to 9 a.m. Central Time here on Morning's Box 2 Radio. And we're so humbled and thankful that you give us your ears and you give us your family's ears every single weekday. And we don't take that lightly. And we appreciate it from the bottom of our hearts that you guys take time out of your day to listen and be with us. Again, I don't like the cold. I'm ready for some warmer weather. It don't look like it's coming in until um, this weekend. So if you got a fireplace, you may need to light it a little bit at night. Um, because I've got mine burning. He's, Miss Gretchen <laughs> said she's got hers burning. And um, 40 degrees most nights. Uh, I, don't, I don't see any 30s, but I do see low 40s and a 40 or two over the next few nights. So. Um. <clears throat> All righty. Well, <clears throat> I guess nobody else has got announcements. Nope, none that I had. No, no announcements. Nope. Yeah, we will have some soon. We're working on a date for the Arrow meeting, um, and then working on some future dates for. Um, I guess I could go ahead and announce the next date for Coffee with Jesus because mm-hmm. that's something I do have for sure. Um, even though that's in May, but give this me is just May. a second. Oh, it is May today. That's right. <laughs> You're right. Um, okay, so the next one is on May 20th at 4 p.m. It'll always be 4 um, at Free Liberty Church in Litchfield. So, All and the, right. the guest speaker for that one will be Kay Cottrell. 
and the title is the alabaster box which oh. i thought was I, l- I enjoyed that song yesterday yep. that Josh did. So yeah. we're excited for the uh, Miss K. Where's, where's Liberty message. Church at? I've never been there. So they're do- <laughs> they're going to churches I've never been to. But um, it says Litchfield. So. All right. It should be in maps. Okay. I'm not for sure of that one either. I thought I knew every church in Grayson County. Mm-hmm. Is that Which, where does Jacob go? Did he say he? That's Liberation. He's liberation. Down the road. Okay. Yeah, he's right down the road. Got from confused us. with that. <laughs> Actually, Free Liberty. Um, yesterday morning after I got done preaching here, I said my byes and hugged some necks, and then yeah. I went right to a funeral and preached again okay. at a funeral, and then I went to a burial site to a place in Grayson County I didn't even know existed. Um, so I lived, I've lived here my whole life, and there was roads that I rode with the funeral home director. Yeah. Well, one of them, and um, he took he took me on roads and told me all these stories, and I I saw parts of Grayson. What was County the name of the place? Well, there's a Mount Zion over there towards Millerstown, and okay. it's another one. Yeah, but it's I mean you go out this one road, you take another road, and you take this <laughs> other road, and you take this dirt creek over to the creek and over to there and hit the. You hit don't the have wild. any road numbers. <laughs> I'm not good with road numbers. Okay. <laughs> I was just engaging in conversation. Okay. Oh, okay. Um, Miss Mary, help me out, and Miss Megan. Uh, they said it. Free Liberty is behind Taco Bell oh, in okay. Litchfield on the hill. Oh, okay. Oh, okay. that's right. They changed the name. Okay. Yeah. That, it, it used, used to, be to be something Victory else. Heights. Victory, Victory Heights. Victory Heights. Yeah. yeah uh, if they would have right. said that, I would have known because I've been there many times. <laughs> yep. um, okay. So, it, yes. You can't miss it then. It's on the hill behind yeah. Taco Bell. It's very easy. <laughs> All right, well, that makes us That's a, a good place better. to put a church, right? Up on top of the hill like that. <laughs> Going up yeah, but to driving the high up there, places. Yeah. Driving up there is a little scary, though. Going up to the and high Just think of all the different logos and, and catchphrases you can use for your church the if you're brand, sitting up on top of the hill. That's true. Like that. There's the, a lot of different. The branding is endless. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, here we go. Speaking of logos and all this. All right. So we have this huge surprise for everybody. Um... We're either going to release the surprise Wednesday or Thursday. We were first going to do it Thursday. We may be able to release the surprise Wednesday, though. I ain't going to tell you what it is because it wouldn't be a surprise then. So here we go. Hannah, we know the surprise. Do you think we could do it Wednesday? You I think, think we, we could. Okay. Well, here it goes. We're <laughs> going to have a surprise for everybody on Wednesday. So Wednesday morning at 730, at the 730 break, you don't want to miss it. It's going to be an awesome surprise. You're going to love this. Um, and so you just make sure you stay tuned. You put it on your calendar. You, you put a, you put an alarm right now, <laughs> Wednesday, May the 3rd, 7.30. If it's after the break, what is it? 7.35 a.m. All right. I'm going to put it on my clock. I mean, my calendar. So I'll remind myself. Awesome. Going to be surprised. You're going to love it out there. And so we're excited for that. So that's Wednesday. Um, May the third, seven thirty-five a.m. Jason will be able to listen there at that point. He'll be. I should be able to. Yeah. You will. You'll <laughs> you'll have this surprise. All right. All right. Well, we are working hard to get that done. I think we can have it done before Wednesday morning, and so we're excited for that. And so you want to make sure you stay tuned. We'll keep announcing that. It's going to be a huge surprise, and I'm very excited for what God is doing in that. It's a new tool that we're going to be able to use to serve the body of Christ, and um, we've. Been working hard on it behind the scenes, and we just about have the surprise ready. Okie dokie. Well, we are, um, let's see here. We are in John chapter 8. That's where we be. That's where we be. (laughs) If I can make my way over there. 
He sounds like a Gen Z. Well, Hannah says that my inadequacy of speaking is the reason everybody likes me. (laughs) So I want to, if that's the case, then I need to become even more inadequate. No, I didn't say that. Right? Or You're you're good just the way you are. (laughs) All right. Um, I think Jason probably feels the same way about you because he corrects me a lot. I think he writes notes sometimes in the sermons to say, I can correct Aaron on this Monday morning about what he said on Sunday. Um, and so, did you did you hear any mistakes yesterday that you wrote? Uh, caught one? Okay, I'm, I'm <laughs> that, that tickled me. You were talking about the 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 son, the prodigal son, coming back, and uh, you were going to say he was came to grovel, and you said gravel, <laughs> but then you said it again, and you said it correctly. So I think you just got ahead of yourself. You were just excited. Well. <laughs> He could gravel. <laughs> he could have fallen right apart, right? Like gravels whenever rocks busted up. So he wanted to bust himself. I can't himself complain because I, I, when I get talking, you know, I, I, uh, my problem is I merge words together. I do that too. And I have uh, sort of this hybrid version of two words. <laughs> and so do I, you, can't, I can't complain. Do you think if I was more of a notes preacher, I wouldn't make as many mistakes? Or do you think it still happens? I think you just get talking. You're thinking ahead while you're talking, and I think you just, uh, you just. I think it would happen regardless because your mind still works the same. Yeah. See, we're just having we're having speaking. We have we're having speaking. I can't think that far ahead. The other way around, I can't either, and I'm I'm too slow, and there's dead air while I'm trying to think of what. Especially if I forget words, and I'm trying to think of a word. Now you do notes a lot when you speak. I do, yeah. So how do you? Like, I don't actually look at them as much as I probably prepare, mm-hmm. you know. But uh, I've gotten, uh, I've just totally went blank a couple times. Well, how do you? Time. How do you become like? How do you become a good note speaker without being boring and like just reading yeah. the notes? I don't know. <laughs> I took a couple of public speaking classes, so. And you didn't learn anything. Not a thing. <laughs> From the one that I no. took, you're supposed to make, you're not supposed to write out everything. Yeah. You're just supposed to make like small bullet points, and yeah. that's supposed to trigger you on wh- what to talk about. Right. That's so it keeps brother, you but I got those up there. That's the way Brother Ron <laughs> was, and his notes, people have wanted, you know, his notes on maybe a sermon that, that they uh-huh. remember that he preached, and uh, and it's it's wild how, I mean, he I'm knew, I know he knew what he wanted to say, but to look at the notes and think, what in the world was he talking about there? Or what did what, you know? It was it's wild. <laughs> yeah, uh, Miss Renee, she the, she comes to prayer nights with us on Saturday night. Um, she brought a message on Wednesday at Wilson Home one Wednesday night, and uh, they said it was really really good. And she sent me her notes because I didn't get to go. Um, listen to her and they didn't record it or anything so I was like well will you send me your notes because I want to see like what you talked about and so she sent it to me and it was like typed out like very well like very well (laughs) typed out and I was like if I was looking at those I don't know if I could now I don't know if she actually went off of those notes as she was speaking she said she added in some things but I mean it was like typed out like a like a blog post or something (laughs) it was really good but I think if I was looking at that I wouldn't have been able to actually speak what I wrote because it's like it was like in paragraph form I don't know I guess everybody's different like like last this last week I was on the radio five times two hours each time I preached two Sundays 
And then I preached twice yesterday, and I didn't use a single note the whole week. And But I feel like if I use a note, I'd become very boring because that's the way in my mind works. I'm not saying you're boring if you do use notes. For me, I think I am. But I, I'm, I'm, I'm trying to look for ways to not be so inadequate with my speaking. Oh, no. You're... Everybody's got me self-conscious now. <laughs> no, don't be Jake, self-conscious. Jacob's got this. me. I don't know how you remember that much stuff. I like, don't. Like, Heather's, I don't know. Heather's giving me signs. <laughs> like, I have no clue how you can. I mean, I do have a clue. It's the Holy Spirit. <laughs> it's, it just has to be the Holy Spirit because there's no way that somebody could just remember all of that. And go like obviously you can tell that you didn't rehearse it because you will have Thanks, a Hannah. new thing. <laughs> I mean, I'm just saying like if it's but it's good though. Like you go off your. I mean, when yesterday you're like um, I'm getting revelation right now. I mean, you couldn't have. I don't think you could have pre-planned that. Like, oh, well, I'm gonna stop in the middle of my sermon and say I'm getting revelation right now, and then I'm gonna talk well, about. This. I was gonna go take a public speaking class, but Jason said he didn't learn anything. <laughs> Uh, Dakota Hiddle, I remember him. He, I remember him doing this last time he preached here. He said, last time I preached, I kept saying adultery instead of idolatry, and Shalina said she was really confused until I fixed it halfway through the service. I remember him saying adultery a couple times when he meant to say idolatry. Oh, my God. Uh, him and Joey are in the club. Uh, yeah. inf- infidelity instead of infertility. <laughs> the infidelity club. That sounds bad. All right. All right. Well, <laughs> we are, we're we going to try to be in John chapter 8. Um, that's where we're at. Uh, um, I think that's where we're at, right? Um, yeah, we're still in 8. Maybe you should keep notes on that. Yeah. Uh, I'm having texting out. Uh, Joey Saw says my notes are just highlights to hit. Uh, Jacob Swift said it's hard to keep my attention I usually fall asleep sitting up If people are boring I very seldom fall asleep during Aaron's preaching Probably because I'm loud Uh, And I tend to fall asleep during uh, Some type of speaking I don't know like I don't know I'm I'm looking I'm looking at ways to to be better speaker Without trying to sound rehearsed Maybe This is what I need This is what I I know it will fix me All right. Pronunciation class. <laughs> that yeah. that that could be it. Will you will you will you teach me? <laughs> I don't know. You're talking the wrong person. How do you say Sapphira again? Uh, <laughs> just, yeah. just spend a day speaking everything in Google pronunciation or whatever. Maybe maybe I can go to uh, my kids take speech. Maybe they say, they'll, maybe they they'll say be sitting on the speech um, classes. Uh, Latin, then you can basically you can pronounce anything. Pig Latin or just Latin? <laughs> just regular old Latin. Just Latin. Regular. Now, hey, you want to hear a funny story? I know we're supposed to be in John. I'm sorry. All right, I'm having too much fun. He's it's Monday morning. Excited. It's Monday morning. All right, so yesterday during my sermon, I actually talked about pigs and how much I hated raising pigs and how I never raise another pig. And the only thing that was exciting about raising a pig was the bacon we was going to get out of it whenever the pig was gone. All right, now... Last this morning, I go and I'm looking at Facebook just to see birthdays or whatever, just see what's up. And you know what I started getting announcements for? I mean, advertisements for bacon pig groups. <laughs> yeah, groups yeah. for raising pigs. That's weird. I'm like, uh, I'm like, whoa, Facebook. Yeah, <laughs> I'm hoping somebody got saved if they heard of the sermon yesterday. <laughs> but isn't that kind of crazy that like. The other day, I that mean, happens with Google a lot too. I was thinking of a song. I was, I didn't even say it out loud, and uh, and and I, and I went to Google, and and uh, 
I typed in maybe one word, and th and just right there, there was the song. I mean, this was a hymn. It was a hymn that I was uh, thinking about. And uh, wow, they can read your mind and now. There it Hear was. That, Jacob Swift. <laughs> well, don't get Jacob started. <laughs> I'm, kidding. I'm kidding. He's already texting me. <laughs> it, it is weird. It is weird how that works. All right. Uh, I do have to tell a funny story about the pig too, though. So okay. my little niece Kylie, you know her. Yeah. Um. <laughs> Her favorite animal is a pig. <laughs> oh, no. And you were talking about during yeah. the sermon how... She was offended. She got up and walked out. She, no, she didn't walk out. <laughs> she didn't walk out, but watch. She, well, everybody can't watch me. But <laughs> she started to put her... As soon as you said... Um, you said something like, I wish we could just I don't know I don't want to put words in your mouth but it was something about like you hate pigs like can't wait to eat bacon out of them like basically they would be dead uh -huh. okay. <laughs> and she starts putting her hands over her ears like I can't listen <laughs> well now I feel awful <laughs> it was so funny that traumatized her no it didn't she was laughing as she said it but it was it was funny and then I was like why do you like pigs so much and uh, her mom was like I think I've always liked them because I don't know everybody else hates them so I just <laughs> they're so yep. cute I was like maybe those tiny little pigs but not the big fat ones I was like I can justify eating bacon out of the big nasty ones look now I will say this one time me and my wife looked at one of those micro pigs like the ones they keep the for tiny pets ones, yeah and they like fit in your hand kind of deal. <laughs> And so we looked at one one time. You know, Todd Mangus has a, a pet one. A you? pet micro pig? A pet pig. It's a big, I think it's a it's big one. It's a big pig. <laughs> That's huh. weird. Does it take baths? I'm, I don't know. I'm sure it does. <laughs> Todd, does your pig take baths? All right. Well, I've done offended half the sanctuary yesterday talking yeah. about pigs. All you right. really were hard on the pigs, I was um, I could understand not liking them, but you, you used hate several times. <laughs> Well, I hate I hated raising the pigs. I'm not going to back up from that. Um, but you know the that might be the, one of the things you could work on as far as your speech is concerned. Hate you know, speech. Say it, get it over with, and move on. <laughs> oh, that's funny. Yeah, you uh, yeah. you were hard on them. Yeah, you maybe over. Do I need to repent for the world of pigs? No, you're good. All right. Pigs uh, have no feelings. Hey, I've already. I'm not saying anything like that because last time I talked about our pets are not going to heaven with us. I mean, it was it was all out war at that point. I offended so many people. Where are we at in John? Um, <laughs> all right, we are in John chapter eight, verse twelve. Um, then spake Jesus again unto them, saying, "I am the light of the world. He that followeth me shall not walk in darkness, but shall have." The light of life. And so we have here Jesus now is coming out of the interaction with the woman caught in the act of adultery. And she, he just got done saying, neither do I condemn thee. Go and sin no more. Then spake Jesus again unto them. Who's he talking to? He's talking, I believe, to the same people that just dropped the stones. Because they dropped the stones and walked away, but I'm sure they didn't leave. I'm sure they're watching from a distance kind of around the street, not so much on top of the woman, but around them. And he kind of turns around to them. I could imagine, though, that this would draw a crowd. Oh, it definitely would have. So there's probably others watching, too, watching and waiting. Probably the whole city's mm -hmm. making, making their appearance at this point. And then he just tells them, I am the light of the world. And I think this is significant for even where we're at today. He that followeth me shall not walk in what? Darkness, but shall have the light of light. Mm -hmm. um, he's really even saying right there, he's talking about redemption. He's talking about that, 
He's the light of the world, that he is the one that's come to give life. But if you follow him, if we follow Jesus, something we will not do is walk in darkness. And Mm -hmm. that we will not love to walk in darkness. We will not strive to walk in darkness, but we will walk in the light. And um, it's so often like we look at the world today, and I think we can all agree there's a lot of darkness and what we're not called to have fellowship with the darkness. We're not called to walk in the darkness. We are called to walk in the light. And I love how Jesus is right here saying this. And um, he, he's saying, look, I am the light. And if you're in me, darkness is not something you follow. Light is something you follow because I'm in you and you are in me. Yeah. And so. Yeah. <clears throat> my my uh, Bible, the commentary ref- says that uh, the Jews had added had added a ninth day to the feast in which they lighted a lamp, putting it on a chest. And so he, they, they say that uh, Jesus was probably referring to that as well as the scriptures referring to the Messiah as a light, mm-hmm. such as Isaiah 9-2 or Isaiah 46, I'm sorry, 49-6. So, which they would have been familiar with. Right, mm-hmm. yeah. Mm-hmm. And also Isaiah 60, uh, verse 1. Yeah. So... But again, this is a proclamation of being God, too. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And this is driving them nuts because the Pharisees, therefore, spoke up right here. Thou bearest record over thyself, but thy record is not true. And Jesus answered said to them, Though I bear record of myself, yet my record is true. For I know where I came and whither I go, but you cannot tell whence I come and whether I go. You judge after the flesh. I judge no man. And yet I judge, if I judge, my judgment is true, for I am not alone, but I am the Father that sent me. It is also written in your law that the testimony of two men is true. I am one that bear witness of myself, and the Father that sent me beareth witness of me. Then said they unto him, Where is thy Father? Jesus answered. He said, Ye neither know me nor my Father. If you had known me, you shall have known my Father also, so Jesus is saying, "You're telling me my record's not true. I'm telling you my record is true because the law states if two men come into agreement, it's true." Right. And he's saying, "I say it, and my Father who sent me says it," and he confirms it over and over with the signs, the wonders, the the miracles, the the confirmation of who he says he is. Jesus always performed the word, and he actually did not come to judge. He says, if I do judge, my judgment is true, but that's not the reason I'm here. The reason I'm here is for the sick. And he said that another part of the word is that he said, I didn't come for those who are well. I came for those who are sick. And my intent was not to come to judge the world. My, my intent was to come to save the world. Because he says in John 3 that if you do not believe, you've already been condemned. I didn't come to condemn you. You've already been condemned because you're unbelief. Mm-hmm. And so... Um, But then Jesus says again, and he says this quite often, actually, more than I realized until um, started really slowly going through John again. He says that, look, the problem is you don't know my father. And that's really a shot because Jesus is saying he's the son of God, that Yahweh, Yehovah, is his father. And yet the Pharisees and the Sadducees given up their life to say they know him and to teach the law, he's telling them, you don't know him. And that's kind of resembling, um, is it not Matthew 7? Many will come to him in that day 
say, Lord, Lord, didn't right. we call you this? Didn't we do this? Didn't, yeah, but I never knew you. Depart from me, you worker of iniquity. Mm-hmm. I think it's Timothy that says they had the form of godliness, but denying the power thereof. Whitewashed tombs with dead man's bones. Over and over, we have this insinuation that people know him apparently on the outside, but inwardly, they don't know the Father. And I don't want to be one of those people. I want to know the Father. I just don't want to look like I know the Father. I actually want to know the Father. And Jesus keeps rebuking them over and over and saying, you don't know the Father, you don't know me, and that's your real problem. It's not that It's not that you're, uh, I mean, self-righteousness, the anger, the resentment, all that, that's a byproduct of not knowing the Father. But the real root of the issue is that he, they don't know the Father. And... Um, and I think that's one of the common things over and over, even Christianity today, is that a lot of people have the appearance of godliness, but they don't know him and the power of his resurrection. Yep. So that's good. Mm-hmm. Anybody else? No, I like it. Mm-hmm. All right, we're at break time. <coughs> oh, we're at break. All right. Yeah, we're at break time. I was ready to keep going. <laughs> All righty. Well, um,. <clears throat> You know, they need to build a Hardee's and McDaniels or something. Um, <laughs> Monday, question number one, sponsored by the Sicilian Bank. How many spies did Moses send into Canaan? How many spies did Moses send into Canaan? 270-257-2689. We'll be right back here after the break on Mornings of Box 2 Radio on the Box 2 Radio Network. Yep, all righty. Now, uh, Mariah, I need you to check on something. I think we may have done this two times in a row. I actually think our two-week to draw last was last week. I think it was last Monday, uh, Friday, whatever it was. Oh, Pastor Josh Milburn. Yeah. Uh, are you all gearing up for your tour for this homecoming season right around the corner? Sure, yeah. Jason's going to be the homecoming singer. Josh is going to be the homecoming. Um, Josh is a good enough preacher to make up for Jason singing. Um, and so y'all could be a great duet. And then Todd Mingus has got the dance moves. Yeah, there you go. This you could be, this could be some, I'll have a homecoming like that. Um, and so I, I don't know. I'm excited. I'm, we're trying to now, um, uh, I, I'm not going to release informations and I'm not going to release names yet, but, uh, Jacob is working with one of his family members who is very good friends with, a band with the stepmother of a band that is probably my top two favorite bands of all time that he is trying really hard and she's trying really hard get to get them to come to Bethel. Okay. Be one of my two favorite bands ever. And James can up. Nope. <laughs> close. Close. If James can up wants to come, he's welcome. Um, we'll greet him with open arms. And Jason will take him out to lunch. He will be the host. I would love to. Uh, he could stay here in your Airbnb. Yeah. Like, um, would you host James Knup? I would in a heartbeat. Where would you take him to eat? Anywhere he wants to go. Would you ask him to sing there? I would. Yep. <laughs> All right, brother James. If you're listening to Box Three Radio Network this morning, um, we want to make we want you to sing that one that makes you famous. Um, I'll see. Uh, but anyways, I'm praying this happens, and if it happens, everybody will know. My only fear is that if it does happen, um, I don't know how we're going to seat everybody that would probably come. 
So we can, I, the way I calculate it, we can fit about 500, 550 if we squeeze in balcony and everything. What did uh, Brother Josh have to say? You uh, mentioned that he texted, but. <clears throat> oh, he just had the answer. Oh, okay. I'm sorry. <laughs> it was 12, one spot from each tribe. Okay, okay. But. Um, I thought you meant he had some sort of information nope. to share with us. Nope. <laughs> I had the information. Okay. And if I get, if they can work this band out, I mean, information will be flying. You're going to see one excited little dude here if if they come. Um, so what did you – all right, so dad joke of the day, what do you get when you cross a pig and a cactus? A porcupine. <laughs> all right, now Miss Sue sent a picture of her pig <laughs> to Miss Gretchen, mm-hmm. and um, I like it. I like that pig. It's smaller. It It's it's clean. Um, it looks – I'm asking if it's a current – Current picture. Oh, his name is Meatball. <laughs> Meatball. Oh my God. I've heard of this pig before. Um, I have a picture also with do, do, and them cuddling up together. <laughs> do pigs require a lot of maintenance? Mine did. Yeah. Surely not. That's why. Don't I they kind of take care of themselves? I mean, they. I don't think they're a cat. No, I mean they. <laughs> he has his own kitty pool. Kitty pool. Piggy yeah. pool. That keeps him clean. <laughs> yeah, piggy pool. <laughs> Um, Aaron just must have had a needy pig. I, that must have been a, that one pig just ruined me. <laughs> that thing almost that thing belly? tried to eat my leg one time. Was it in a pot belly pig? It was something. Yeah. Maybe it had a demon. Yeah. <laughs> that was one of them that cast. <laughs> <laughs> hey, he, he's from the he's from the lineage <laughs> of the pigs. <laughs> Generational curse. <laughs> That's a familiar spirit right there. Oh uh, gosh, just kidding. All right. Um, uh, Joey Sauce says that I don't see why if you like bacon so much, I don't. It's less like when they say biting the hand that feeds you to hate <laughs> pigs, but like bacon. <laughs> well, okay, okay. Well, uh, I was wondering about. That. Did you think that too? I was All wondering. right, let's. I'll clarify this. Right. I don't hate pigs. I hate raising pigs. Okay, that, that's better. Is that better clarification? Yeah. If I had notes, I would have said it correctly. Yeah. If I had notes, I could probably hit the um, <laughs> the old sayings. Like um, one time I said, "Well, the, sometimes you think of those things on the fly." You know? Well, one time I said, "We're go- the the world, the earth is going to hell in a." I meant to say in a hand basket. That's what you're supposed to. And say. I said maid's basket or something. Yeah. I was maid's like, I don't even know what a maid's basket is. <laughs> uh, and um, I have some good stuff. All right. Anyways. Let's get a let's get a Bible question here. Let's get a Bible question. And Mariah says the names are ready, so we'll draw right before then. That's for a twenty dollar storehouse gift card um, in the middle of town for coffee. So somebody's gonna go get some good coffee. Um, let me find the questions. Yesterday we sang about the woman with the alabaster box. Was that Mary Magdalene? Um, you know, I, I've heard that both ways. Um, I've heard a lot of people say it is. I've heard a lot of people say it wasn't. I think that most likely it was. That's my opinion. I don't know if I can prove that scripturally. I just think from what I've studied and what I've looked at it, I believe that it very well. Can I say it like I'll say it like that? It very well could have been because of the the career that she had chosen. I guess you could say the lifestyle that she yeah. was living. Um, perfume would have been instrumental in that. And so 
I think it was very likely. I, I do love the story of Alabaster Box, and that song was not playing. Josh switched to it on the fly. Where's that at? It's um, in Matthew 26, verse 7. Uh, I think it's in also in Mark. I uh, guess yeah, Matthew, 14, Mark, and Luke. 3, and oh. then Luke 7, verse 37. I think um, Luke, I think Luke is the better version of that. Luke, which one? What what was the chapter verse on Luke? Luke seven verse thirty seven, and that's the one that kind of makes you think that you know her previous um, profession. Luke's says, gospel is always a little more detailed mm-hmm. than the others. It says, "And behold, a woman in the city which was a sinner, <clears throat> uh, when she knew that Jesus sat at, at meat at the Pharisee's house, uh, brought an alabaster box of ointment, and then goes on with the." Mm -hmm. what happened there yep washing his feet with his tears Mm -hmm. wiped them with her hairs and kissed his feet anointed them with ointment Mm -hmm. i hate to tell you pastor Aaron, but uh finnis dake disagrees with you (laughs) yeah yeah he says (laughs) not mary magdalene (laughs) (laughs) well you know what i disagree with him on the baby in the bathwater. yeah (laughs) i uh i kind of agree with you to be honest with you Mm -hmm. um Dake was he yeah, was great. I, I would disagree with Mr. Dake as well. But what was his first name again? Finnis. Finnis. I N N. I was always new Dakes. I never yeah. knew his first name. Mm-hmm. Finnis. Mm-hmm. Was well, an initial too, and with it Finnis something Dake. I don't know. I hope his name is like Finnis Jake Dake or something, <laughs> so it could be like PJ. PJ would be much easier to say than Finnis. Could you imagine having a kid named Finnis and you're getting yep. mad at him? Finnis Jennings. <laughs> Finnis! I said, get back here! <laughs> <laughs> yep. What? Now, is this, uh, which one of them, which one? T- Let me read what he says, and you, you can tell me if okay. you, uh, if it I'm changes listening. your mind at all. I'm listening. He says, not Mary Magdalene, uh, for this was in Nain, uh, not Magdala, on the Sea of Galilee. She was known in Nain as a sinner. Because Mary is mentioned in Luke eight two does not prove that that she is this woman of name. Hmm. So basically, he's he's basing his his uh, argument on geographical location, yeah, which I don't know how far Nain is from Magdala. I mean, I saw one commentary where it even thought it was um, um, Martha and Martha and Mary. That that's Mary. what this one mm-hmm. I'm reading uh, mm-hmm. is saying. Hmm. Because of the account that. Verse in John 11, I believe. And which one says, uh, there's one that Her, says that whatever, what she's done will be spoken of, you know. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if we have to, I've read them all, but now I have to go back and find which one of them. It is interesting that it's in all three of those Gospels, all three of the synoptic Gospels. gospels you know. But anyway. Huh. So I don't, I don't have to. I don't think we can ever arrive at a definite answer we just have to agree or disagree yeah well i don't know i wish there weren't so many marys in the in the (laughs) there's lots of marys (laughs) they really like the name mary back then yeah (laughs) um Hmm. i don't know i mean i guess it really don't matter who it was then no it does the story's good i like the mystery of it yeah um and it does help you to you know to study it you know what uh what other you said was a Mark and Matthew as well. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then they're going off of John, when I guess in John 11 2. It was Mary who anointed the Lord with ointment and wiped the feet, wiped his feet with her hair. Who says that now? Uh, John 11 talks about the, it, but it, it was talking about um, 
the death of Lazarus, and then oh. it talks about that. But I th- now that one though, when it says the Mary, he's already he's forward thinking because that actually happens in John twelve, right? Okay. So that John twelve, whenever he said that was this is the Mary that's gonna, he he's basically saying this is the Mary that would would do that. This is that Mary because in John twelve when she actually does wipe his feet and anoint, okay, his I mean anoint his feet and wipes her. Washes yeah. his feet and all that uh-huh. kind of stuff. Not, yeah, it's not like a prophecy. It's he's just saying this, this is, is the same, like a this, foreshadowing yes. type thing. Yeah, um, and so I, that's where I always kind of figured that was with that verse two, because it's in italics and everything. Um, <clears throat> whose brother was, John eleven two? Well, John eleven two is where it said it was that Mary which anointed the Lord with ointment and wiped his feet with her hair. But that actually doesn't happen until verse chapter twelve. Um, whenever it says so, this account days. is in all four gospels. Well, unless it happened to more than once, right? Be, uh, unless, the, unless, unless this is different. different. Yeah, mm-hmm. maybe there could have been multiple Marys. Yeah, well, there apparently that there seems was. strange <laughs> that, you would, <laughs> that you would think that this would happen with different Marys on different occasions. But I don't well, know. but I just think Finnis Dake is wrong in this one. Well, let's see here. This. John chapter 11, this Mary. But that is talking about Mary and Martha. Yes, this one is, for sure. That one definitely is, because Mary does do it right there in verse, I mean, chapter 12. The very next chapter is whenever she does it. So if Mary Magdalene did it, then that means that two Marys would have done that. Yeah, Yeah, well, (laughs) John Wesley says so. It says uh, there were two persons who poured Uh ointment uh, on Christ, one toward the beginning of his ministry and And then one near Nain. Yes. Which is the one in Luke 7. And the other six days before his last Passover at Bethany. Yep. The account of whom he is given here. That's actually what I was just going to say. Because mm-hmm. I don't know if these can be the same Mary. Because the Mary in Luke 7 seemed to be earlier in his ministry. Luke and John, it's later, right before his and the death. One that, uh-huh. And the one that references as her as a sinner. You know, uh, that that kind of makes you think. There's something significant about her uh-huh. that's different than maybe than this, this situation. Yeah. yeah, and I think the one that now when this Mary in John 12 anointed him, I don't think it was kind of it was as oh how do I say this without making it sound worse different than what it is. Like whenever the Mary that this question's asking about anointed is almost scandalous feeling. Like what are you doing? Why'd you waste all that? What's going on here? When Mary, the Jew, who was Lazarus' sister, did, there wasn't that kind of uproar in John chapter 12. Mm-hmm. And so it's kind of like it wasn't as, um, whoa, what's going on? Whereas in Luke 7 and the other ones, it seemed like this Mary was like, she shouldn't even be here kind of deal. And plus she wasted a whole year's wages on that that box. Mm-hmm. So I, I think that. I think there would have been two different ones right there. I probably agree with Mr. Wesley there. In this commentary or whatever I'm reading right now uh, from CBE, they're talking about how she, it seems like the Mary and Martha. I mean, it's that she was more respected is basically kind of what yeah. you're saying, right? There was a respect with one and then a Scandalous. scandal with the other one. Yes, that's kind of what it seems like to me. Well, it could be also that, that the other Mary or the other sinner woman, whatever, if, it, if whether it's Mary Magdalene or not, was doing it not as a copycat, but she saw or heard mm-hmm. of the of Mary 
doing this. And so she said, hey, you know, hey, this is this. It would be an honor for me to do the same thing. Yeah. But now. Um, that gets confusing. Now, let me let me shoot something at you here. All right. Because this is what we do. We study the word. To me, the Mary that did it earlier was doing it out of like, um, how do I say this? Like brokenness, worship. Like it's just worship. And I'm not saying the other Mary did it out of worship. But it seemed like in John chapter 12, if you look at verse 2, there they made him a supper, and Martha served. But Lazarus is one of them that sat at the table, then took Mary. So it's like Martha and Mary's always had this thing about them. Martha was the servant. Mary was the worshiper. And so this was like their act of worship. I think Martha saw worship as serving. Yeah. I think mm-hmm. Mary saw worship as sitting at his feet. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so I think this was in retaliation or not retaliation. It was This was a consequence of what he did in Lazarus. Martha served him dinner. Mary anointed his feet. It seemed like the Mary in Luke 7 yeah. did it more from just brokenness, worship. Like, yeah. you know. Well, he says um, about, you know, much being forgiven. Yes. And yeah. I can't remember. I don't exactly think right. this is about being was, forgiven. Mm-hmm. I think this is about what happened in Lazarus. Yeah. That's just my take. I could be wrong. Y'all can disagree with me if you want. Well, the but. whole that whole situation there and that whole scene is that that's when they they were determined to get rid of Lazarus and Jesus mm-hmm. at this point because of yeah. what he did. Yeah. So there's yeah. a lot there was a lot going on at that house. <laughs> You know. There was, uh-huh. and I mean, I know that Mary and Martha both was full of gratitude, and and I do think that, I think we pick on Martha a lot, yeah. but I think that both of them are worshiping at that moment. Yeah, Jesus said, "This is Luke seven forty seven. Wherefore I say unto thee, her sins, which are many, are forgiven, for she hath loved much. But to whom little is forgiven, the same loveth little." Yes. So, <clears throat> and so, um, and going back I, to Mary and Martha. There's nothing wrong with either of those types of worship. No. The, the reason why Ma- uh, Martha was rebuked is because she was complaining. She she complained about right. Mar- she, Mary. She thought her style of worship should be the preferred. Yeah. And that was where the that's, problem came in. That's good. Yeah. yeah. We need a balance. Sure. But Martha was was lopsided. Yeah. And was complaining about it, and the Lord called her out on it. Yeah. I mean, sometimes I complain— about this or that, but then sometimes you go to clean a toilet, yeah. and it's almost—I know people's gonna laugh, and I'm being kind of joking, but I think you can worship while you clean a toilet. Oh, I think yeah. I think cleaning the toilet is an act of worship at times because you're serving unto Him. You're you're saying I'm gonna I'm gonna you're worthy of making sure your house is taken care of. You're worthy to serve. You're worthy. You're talking to, about cleaning the toilet in the church. Yeah, not at my house. Um, <laughs> that's not an act of worship. All right, but <laughs> I mean, yeah, it is like. Really, we what we give our time to and who we give our time to, um, because time is the most precious precious resource that we have. Um, honestly, the even if you think about wages and you think about money, it's still all about time. I'm giving you money because you're giving me your time to serve, mm-hmm. and time is the thing that's the greatest resource. And if we give the Father our time, there's nothing more we can. There's nothing to me, a resource wise, that is greater to give Him than our time. Um, actually, you may be honest, I think giving him finance is a lot cheaper than giving him our time. And and I think a lot of people rather just give him money instead of time and say, well, 
I don't want to. I I don't want to serve. I don't want to take time. I want to go and do my thing. So I'm just going to throw a couple extra bucks in the offering yeah. plate. And that may not be what the Lord's asking you of. Maybe the thing that the Lord's asking you of offering wise is your time mm-hmm. and your service. Right. And I think Mary and Martha, in their own ways, always just, you know, they they showed that, and um, they showed how both of them can worship with different paths and different. Um, ways yeah but it also teaches us that the motivation behind you know our service or whatever we're doing has to be right because like we can't compare and say oh i want them to worship how i'm worshiping yeah yeah we yeah i agree we your worship has to be authentic and i think he's created us uniquely and in our uniqueness i think we can worship him um, one listener said, weren't there other Marys who followed Jesus? Uh, apparently, there's a lot of Marys. Okay, okay, all right. We're getting out of hand now. All right. <laughs> now, now, let me ask one more question before we, we do another question. Whenever Jesus said Mary, did they all turn around? Yeah. <laughs> was there a way to identify? Was, that happens when somebody hollers mom. And I'm, but no. and Joseph was a very common name, too. Very, very common. Well, I hope there wasn't a lot of Josephs and Marys. Yeah, there was. Because then he'd be like, Mary? Which married the one married to Joseph? Yeah. Which one of us? Yeah. All right. Uh, there were no last names, really. Was right? it it one, it two, it three? Uh, well, uh, it was like Joseph, son of Joseph. Yeah. Yeah. That would have been Joseph. Ben, Joseph Ben Joseph. Yeah. <laughs> that Ben means the son of. Um, all right. I had these questions late last night. I should start looking at these questions because I don't know. I haven't. All right. It said, explain 2 Thessalonians 2.15. Do you have that verse, Miss Gretchen? I can real quick. 2 Thessalonians 2, verse 15. Okay. It is, therefore, brethren, stand fast and hold the traditions which ye have been taught, whether by word or or our epistle. Mm-hmm. All right. Um, so I would say here that the question is going to surround the probably the words are traditions. Therefore, brethren, stand fast and hold the traditions which you have been taught, whether by word or by deed. Now our Lord Jesus Christ himself and God, even our father had given us, have loved us and have given us everlasting consolation and good hope through grace. Comfort your hearts and establish you in every good word in work. I always find that necessary to finish the verse 17 and 16 with 15 when you talk about this because this is a scripture we've just discussed several times over the course of you know here but also i think me and brother ron's covered this a couple times on the bbc Mm -hmm. um because they think well traditions does that mean every tradition that we have so if the tradition says um you have to do four four songs offering and then sermon is that a tradition we should most do three um jason (laughs) Yeah, we're not. We know what you. We know what you want to be. Yeah. Uh, all right. Um, Verses one, two, and four. Yes, one, two, and four, and then we move on. Um, but I don't think he's talking about that kind of dish, tradition. No, uh, and uh, I looked up the interlinear word here, and it, it means. Uh, oops, I lost it. Uh, transmission, a precept, especially the Jewish traditionary law, ordinance, or tradition. So I, I think sometimes it's kind of like like the word religion, mm-hmm. you know. Sometimes it and it gets a it's, it gets a bad rap because you know it, what we're thinking of today. We don't want to be you know get caught up in religion or be, get religious because uh, and get away from like maybe being spirit led. But uh, and we think traditions like what you just uh, emphasized there. 
But uh, I I like what uh, I always look at John Wesley's commentary on things, and he said, "Hold uh, when it talks about hold the traditions." It says, without adding to or diminishing from the traditions which we have been taught, the truths which I have delivered to you. Yeah. So, Because uh, this is Paul writing. Uh-huh. And Paul's basically saying, whether it's by my word mm-hmm. or by my epistle, the letter, you hold to what I'm teaching you. Mm-hmm. In reality, I think, I think we have a different thought about traditions than right. Paul did. Mm-hmm. I think Paul's not alluding to what our grandparents told us or our parents. He's saying... Hold to the truths. Mm-hmm. Hold to the way that we have been taught yeah. to do this by the Spirit of God. Because up here, if you go up a little bit more, um, he says, because God hath from the getting chosen you the salvation through the sanctification of the Spirit and belief of the truth. So what's he saying there? He's where, saying, and this is in verse, verse 13. 13. Okay. He's saying that you have been sanctified by the Spirit and belief of the truth. What's he saying? You have been sanctified by the Spirit and the truth. We're going to hold to that. We're going to hold to whereunto you, um, he called you by our gospel, the attaining of the glory of our Lord Jesus Christ. So therefore, hold fast to what I have taught you. Hold fast to what I have shown you by the Spirit and, of God. And stand fast. Yes. Stand fast and hold the traditions which you yeah. have taught. And I just think that Paul thought differently on traditions. I, th- I think we just hold to the fact of more of religious traditions. Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't think Paul's talking about it. I think Paul's literally saying, hold fast to truth mm-hmm. and the practical walking it out that I have taught you. Right. Yeah, that's why it's so important to look at the Greek and look at the cross-references and commentaries because words like that could confuse you if you're just reading one translation and then yeah. not looking into anything else. Well, I think, too, that is why it's so important to have contextual study. Yes. Yeah. Um, because you could take that one verse, take it out of context, and you could almost make that verse be a verse that would accompany cultish things. Hold fast to the traditions. Hold fast to this. you got to hold fast to what I'm showing you. Mm-hmm. And verses like this, if we understand it cor- incorrectly, people will twist and use it to manipulate you and say, this is what I'm teaching you. You better hold to it because the Bible says hold to traditions. Well, like... um. One tradition I could get behind is fried chicken, mashed potatoes, and mac and cheese every Sunday after church. Okay? I would love that tradition. But there's nowhere in the Word that says we have to do that. So it would be excess if I make traditions and holding to that in the Word of God. Does that make sense? That would be adding to. It would be adding to. And I don't think that's what Paul's saying. Paul's saying let you stand firm in the truth that the Spirit of God has shown you. Right. And there are a lot of good traditions, but they're not truth. Yes, I think mm-hmm. there's a I think there's a difference what we're saying traditions right. and what Paul's saying tradition yeah. there. Mm-hmm. Like an altar call is a good tradition, but it's not truth. Yes, you know? and that's why if you don't, if every service don't have an altar call, right. don't freak out about it because we're we're we need to be more discerning and sensitive to what the Spirit of God is doing yeah. than what traditions of man tells us to do. Right, and um, and every altar call may not look the same. And altar calls were not something that was done until much later in the church. And then, you know, if you go to people like Charles Spurgeon or something, he didn't have an altar call. He said he didn't he didn't allow people to go to the altar on Sunday. He said, if you're really being burned by the Spirit of God, you'll come back on Monday. So he would preach, people would leave, and if you were really wanting to be prayed for, you would come back on Monday because then the Spirit of God's really burning you. And he would have lines all around the city on Monday morning. 
with people coming back to be prayed for and to be ministered to. And now I'm not saying we do it that way. I'm right. just saying that's how yeah. that's how he did it. And um, I mean, I like an altar call. I think it's you know, and when the spirit is moving, it's a good opportunity for people to make that decision now. Yeah, because the, one of the tricks of the devil is to always put things off sure. for mm-hmm. another time. Yeah. But but you know, people, I've actually had people kind of allude to this. What they would say, what we do on Sunday morning is not real an altar call because yeah. we just have people up there standing, waiting to. You know, if you need prayer or anything like that, we'd love to pray with you. People say, that's not a real altar call. Real altar calls when they get on their knees, fall down, and hit the altar. And I think both ways are great. Like yeah. we, Well, that would be a, a tradition. Yeah, you know, that's exactly that's right. That's how it has to be done, or it's yeah. not, it didn't work. <laughs> yeah, or, you know, you didn't really you didn't really pray through yeah. if you didn't do it the way we say you do it. Right. Um, when I got saved, I went up to a youth pastor I knew who was in a certain denomination, and I told him, and he basically told me, well, you're not saved because you didn't get saved at my church. Um, and so, and that's basically what he told him. I said, well, I think I got saved. I'm pretty sure I did. <laughs> Feel good. <laughs> and so, all right, well, here we go. We're going to get a second trivia question sponsored by Farm Bureau Insurance in Litchfield, Kentucky. And we're going to get Miss Juanita Sheck in here settled in, and we're going to do our trivia winner for last week for this $20 after the break. So Monday question number two, what get tight soldier supported David during the rebellion of Absalom? What get tight? I hope I said that right. Soldier supported David How do you during spell that? I don't know, Jason. We're just gonna go with it. Uh G I T T I T E. Okay. Was that how you say it? Get tight? I don't know. I actually never heard that word I thought you knew how to pronounce it and you were just gonna make fun of me. No. Um oh, that's not hit tie. That's a I, that's an H. Right. I, I, yeah. I'm smart. That's enough why I've kind of perked up there. Cause yeah. I, do you think? I, I mean. No. I mean, I knew. I thought maybe it was a typo. Uh, I wasn't. Yeah. I wasn't. I know I need you. pronouncing <laughs> classes, but I, I can at least do it better than that. All right. Um, supported David during the rebellion of Absalom. Two seven zero two five seven two six eight nine. We'll be back here with Miss Sheck in the house and drawing for last week's trivia winner. All right, all righty. We are back here on Mornings of Box Two Radio. Uh, Miss Jerry got it correct on that answer, so I'm glad she knew what a get tight was because um, we were researching. And Jason said, "Wait a second, I know all things." Uh, he I said, "I know this." <laughs> now here's the problem: I got get tight right, but the the uh, the answer I'm gonna let Jason. I T T A I. How would you pronounce that? This is my this is lesson one hundred and one for me, in pronunciation class. I'd have to to see it. I T T A I. I don't know. Second Samuel fifteen nineteen. Anybody anybody taking a crack at it? T T. Miss Jerry got it right. So can she call in How and did tell she us? She pronounced it then. Uh, she spelled it. She spelled it. Okay, well that makes me feel better. Um, Itai is how I would say it. That's how I would say it. Okay, how Itai. would you pronounce this? Sapphira? No. <laughs> uh, Ganazare. Gan- so. Yeah. Ganazare. That's... Leave out the T. Yeah. Uh, Ganzare. I don't know. Um, <laughs> Ganzaret. <laughs> All right. <laughs> All right. We're going to get Mishek, um on here in a second. We do have to draw for this, though, because we should have done it Friday. So, Mariah, I can see the spinning wheel. We're going to draw for this $20 gift card for Storehouse Coffee from this last two-week sex- sex- session of our <laughs> trivia question. Oh, my gosh. 
<laughs> Dwayne Kid got it right again. Again, yeah. he does it all the time. I don't know what it is. Uh, Dwayne Kid is the winner of that twenty dollars storehouse gift card. Um, so he is in Litchfield area all the time. It's so second Tuesday of every every month, right? That's right. So he can go to the storehouse and get him a you, coffee. Uh, I'm glad he won because that reminds me. I need to call him. Um, and so he's got the storehouse card. He's still using the Dairy Queen card. Um, <laughs> he's highly favored. <laughs> he's highly favored in here. Amen. All right, Miss Juanita, how are you doing? I'm doing fine. Thank you. Thank you for having me on. Oh, it's a blessing to have you on and a pleasure. And uh, appreciate all your hard work you do around the community. You Most people probably don't know all that you do, but you do the, the Bible reading marathon. You do the church directories. You take care of that, and you do the National Day of Prayer. Yeah. And so you are one busy woman helping the uh, churches of Brett County make sure that mm-hmm. um, we're doing all that we can for the glory of God in this community. And we appreciate you for that, and thank you for your hard work. Well, thank you. And so this Thursday, we've got the National Day of Prayer. Yes. Um, before we get into the activities, okay, maybe you could just elaborate for some of those saying, what is the National Day of Prayer? Maybe they're just got born again recently, or maybe they've been born again forever and they just not heard of it. Um, what is it? Wow. Um, well, the National Day of Prayer, um, it came about uh, when there was a group of people who wanted to pray for the nation. Mm-mm. And so, and I actually, I wish I had that on now. <laughs> uh, I wish I'd known exactly what year that actually started officially. Uh, but um, it starts at the beginning of, or actually the first Thursday of May. Mm-hmm. And where um, Christians come together to pray for our nation. And so it's really important this is a, a group gathering all the way through our nation and, and that we can uh, honor God. Uh, but not only that, it gives, uh, I guess, a self-check, I think, um, for, for ourselves as Christians. But to pray for our nation because we're supposed to pray for our leaders uh, in our country so we can live a peaceful life. Yes. Um, so we need to pray. Um, so this is a time to just get together and pray um, for our nations. And the hopes is, is that our officials will be praying, too. Mm-hmm. Uh, as a matter of fact, the beginning of um, our country, uh, before our country, I guess you would say, uh, we were in chaos. Uh, the, they just won the war. Um, um, and I'm talking about revolutionary the revolution war. Mm-hmm. war. Yeah, I was going to say civil war. I was like, no, that's not it. <laughs> it's a revolution <laughs> war. And... Uh, so they were trying to, you know, a group of people trying to um, get together and, and be unified to have a nation. And it didn't look like it was going to do anything. Uh, it was just, it, it was just really hard. But Benjamin Franklin, and he, you know, he stood up and, um, and pretty much said a speech. And like, again, I wish I had his words right now to actually uh and speak what he actually said. But basically is that, you know, uh, we need to bring it back to God and, um, and humble ourselves um, before him and, and, um, and seek him. Uh, and they had a three-day session and on that. And, uh, and he said, don't go to your buddy trying to figure out things, you know. <laughs> yeah. But rather go to someone and talk about it. And then uh, that is from the opposite, you know, party or belief, rather. Sure. 
And so, and get to know what their problems were. But they had to humble themselves before the Lord. I don't know if y'all know David Barton, but he's really mm-hmm. good at talking about uh, all of that. Uh, and so you can go on his site and um, and and really get more in depth yeah. in that. Well, can I read something for mm-hmm. 30 seconds? It'll take me. This is good. I, this mm-hmm. is on National Day Calendar. Mm-hmm. And in the early 1950s, an evangelical movement yes. called for Congress and the mm-hmm. president to proclaim a national day of prayer. The movement grew, and a young leader, evangelist Billy Graham, led services of approximately 20,000 on the steps of the Capitol on February the 3rd, 1952. Later that year, Congress proclaimed a joint resolution for a national day of prayer. President Harry S. Truman proclaimed a National Day of Prayer to be observed on July 4, 1952. Each year since that date, Americans have observed the day in their own way. The observance moved to the first Thursday in May by President Ronald Reagan and has been proclaimed since each year since. And as a nation, presidents and government officials have called for National Day of Prayers thanks to or thanks intermittently since before the country's existence. Mm -hmm. For example, July 20th, 1775, the Continental Congress issued a proclamation recommending a day of prayer, um, um, humbling, fasting, and prayer be observed. Um, In 1795, George Washington proclaimed a day of public prayer and Thanksgiving. Mm -hmm. Uh, May the 19th, I mean, May the 9th, 1798, John Adams declared this day um, a day of fasting and prayer and a solemn um, humility. Mm -hmm. And March 1863 on March the 3rd Abraham Lincoln signed a um, congressional resolution during the Civil War which called for April 30th 1863 as a day of fasting and prayer so this isn't necessarily a new thing this has been going on since the whole whole nation no we had quite a bit of presidents matter of fact that really acknowledged that we need to be in prayer Mm -hmm. Ronald Reagan being one of those for sure um, I think he was an awesome president. So. <laughs> you know, I say the same thing. We we can't endorse the presidents, but I don't think Ronald Reagan's ever running again. Um, uh, so, no, I don't think so. So um, he was a great president. He was. He did so many things, and we don't even really recognize it. And yeah. um, he stood up for a lot of a lot of religious freedoms for Christians. Mm-hmm. Um, made strong stance against abortions. Mm-hmm. Um, in my humble opinion, I think Ronald Reagan's probably one of the best presidents we've ever had. Mm-hmm. Um, what do you say, Jason? Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah, his his one thing, and his speech, and we play this every once in a while. Um, it's about it's is it called? It's a time to fight or something to that regard. It's like a fifteen minute speech, and it is phenomenal. Mm-hmm. I can't remember the title, but it's about abortion. It's about Christian values. Yes. About all this and mm-hmm. time to stand up. Maybe it's stand up and fight or something. I have to look at it. I, we have it. Um, it's a great speech mm-hmm. and makes you fired up. Like it's a sermon. <laughs> it's like a sermon he preached. And so, um, uh-huh. but I do love, I do, I love the National Day of Prayer mm-hmm. and I love it um, that it's a day we can assemble. This is different than meeting at the pole or something like this. Like that's a different thing, correct? Yeah. Meeting at a pole, yeah. Um, and that you pray for your, um, your schools in your area. Mm-hmm. And I do believe that we should do that quite often, especially what's going on today yeah i uh, i haven't for the last two years but i you know we have custer elementary school down sure. the road uh and that would be you know really wonderful to do but that's in september that's in september that's a different day yes. that's what I was... so that's more the beginning of the year yeah but we should be praying for him every day though that's so right that's, that's sure. right mm-hmm. all right so okay. tell us a little bit about the 
everything? What's going to be available in the communities that surround us? Okay, so the National Day of Prayers, May the 4th, 2023, of course. Um, Hardensburg, uh, it's going to be at 12 o'clock p.m., mm-hmm. and that's going to be in front of the courthouse, uh, the old one. So, yeah, not the new one, the old one. <laughs> uh, Cloverport City Hall will start at 11 o'clock uh, a.m. Mm-hmm. I had p.m. on the brochure, so anybody that got the brochure, that was a mistake on my part for sure. But it's 11 o'clock a.m., not p.m. Uh, I thought you were just giving people, people plenty of time to get from Hardcore <laughs> to Cloverport. <laughs> doesn't take that long. <laughs> That's if you eat. Yeah. yeah. But anyway, that will be at the City Hall uh, in Cloverport. Irvington will be at the City Hall there in Irvington. And that will be 12 o'clock p.m. Eastern Time. Mm-hmm. And so and that will, you know, uh, just in that little City Hall. I think it's right across from the Irvington Baptist Church. Yeah. So... That's where it is. Uh, and the theme is pray fervently in righteousness. Yeah. And that is based off of James 5:16 b um, uh, righteousness in a veil much. Okay. So if y'all can go online, though, nationaldayofprayer.com or National Day of Prayer Task Force. Uh, if you see the picture, I don't know. Did you see the brochure? I did. Oh, yeah. Isn't that beautiful? We've been, we've been um, passing them. We passed them mm-hmm. out in church. Last Sunday or Sunday yeah. before last? Yeah. Uh, last Sunday. It was last yeah. Sunday. And so. So you, this picture has the plate of righteousness. And right there in the front has the lion. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, it's very symbolic right here. And then you got the Alpha and Omega sign. And you got the, the Bible, the Book of Life. And you also got the cross. Uh, and then you got the light shining on the side of the righteous, you know, uh, plate there. And uh, and and it's sitting on top of the American flag. Mm-hmm. So it, it just there's a lot of symbolic there, uh, and and I really appreciate whoever created this. <laughs> I would like a big picture stuck yeah. on the wall on this. Uh, but there's just so much there um, to draw on of who we are in Christ. And of course, we're not righteous by our own words. You know, we are righteous because of who God is and when we accept Jesus Christ as our Savior you know um, he he prays on the behalf of us but we can go boldly to the throne because of you know sure. uh, what Christ has done for us uh, we're definitely not perfect creatures but in spite of our weaknesses he is strong in us yeah. so we can come boldly to his throne and, and pray and so I think this is a, a good reminder of who we are in Christ and to humbly to uh, yeah. Uh, there's a lot of chaos going on um, in families, churches, and our whole nation is just torn apart. Um, I, and well, I guess there's a movie now, Jesus Revolution. Mm-hmm. I'm just seeing some of that chaos that was going on during that time. And you're like, oh my goodness, there's a lot of similarity, you know, of just a confusion, uh Dried at it, stream, you know, um, alcoholics. I mean, it's not really changed, I guess, but it just seems like there's more mm-hmm. of it. Um, but whatever it is, nothing new under the sun. There's going to be this chaos because we live in a fallen world and we need to pray for our nation mm-hmm. and for this world matter, you know. So, anyway, yeah. Um, but anyway, go well, ahead. I think that the thing is, I love stuff like the National Day Prayer and I love this mm-hmm. stirring to prayer because. Yeah. 
you are correct that these things that are surrounding us is not new things. Mm -hmm. It's been. And if we're not careful as the body of Christ, we'll grow weary in good doing. Mm -hmm. We'll grow weary in the prayer. We'll grow, well, it's been here. It's always going to be here. But we have been given the task to push back the onslaught of evil. Yes, sir. And Mm -hmm. we cannot grow weary in good doing. Um, for in due season we shall reap if we faint not. So we have to stay persistent. We have to stay consistent. Um, and we as the body of Christ should be praying. I love the National Day of Prayer just because it's like a little push and it's a real reminder, hey, you ought to be praying. And, of course, it's an opportunity for us to assemble. And what you may say, well, I'm at work. I can't do it. Well, just come during that 30-minute slot. Mm-hmm. I mean, just come for what mm-hmm. you can. If you can't make it, if you can't stay the whole time, mm-hmm. come and pray for what you can. Um, give it that, that lunch. It's, it's not going to, it's not going to kill you to fast for a lunch and just come and pray and not do that. <laughs> right. Um, mm-hmm. it, it may feel like it's going to kill you because the moment you say fast, it's like, I'm so hungry. Um, yeah. <laughs> I'm starving, right? <laughs> it's like my body is eating its own fat cells right now. It's like, yeah. this is a big deal. Yeah. You've missed one meal. You're going to be okay. All right. And, um, and, and so I think it's important to do that. But I think it's also what my hope is things like national day of prayer, mm-hmm. things like meet at the pole. It, it's not, it's not something we do once a year. It's something that invites us to more of a constant prayer life, yeah. to give us a reminder, to mm-hmm. kind of fire up the church a little bit. Like, let's do this mm-hmm. to where it's consistent in our life. The mm-hmm. persistent prayer, the constant prayer, the unwavering prayer, mm-hmm. um, praying always without ceasing. Like, this should be what the church is really about. Every day should be a national day of prayer, in my opinion. Like, where mm-hmm. we should, as the body oh, of Christ, are continuing to pray. Yeah. And I love that. You know, days like May the 4th is that reminder to the church. Don't mm-hmm. quit praying for our nation. Don't grow weary in good doing. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Uh, you know, I was looking at um, just the whole chapter of James, uh, James 5. Mm-hmm. And I don't know one thing about this. I, You know, it just has part of the verse here uh, on to 516. But if you go a little bit further up and even further down, and I, if y'all don't mind, if I can just you know, kind of read this. We like the word here. Read away. Okay. <laughs> All right. Well, I'm going to start at seven. Um, be patient, therefore, brethren, unto the coming of the Lord. Behold, the husbandman waiteth for the precious fruit of the earth and have long patient for it until you receive the early and latter rain. And which I like that verse because it kind of ends 17 and 18 verse there. Be ye also patient, establish your hearts for the coming of the Lord draweth near. Grudge not one against another, brethren, mm-hmm. lest ye be condemned. Behold, the judge standeth before the door. Take my brethren, the prophets who had spoken in the name of the Lord for example, suffering affliction and a patient. Behold, we count them happy which endure. Ye have heard of the patient of Job, and has seen the end of the Lord, that the Lord is very pitiful and tender in mercy. But above all things, my brethren, swear not neither by heaven, neither by earth, neither by any other oath. But let your yea be yea and your mm-hmm. nay be nay, lest you fall into condemnation. Condemnation. Yes. Uh, is any among you afflicted? Let him pray. Is any merry? Let him sing psalms. Is any sick among you? Let him call for the elders of the church and let them pray over him. Anoint him with oil in the name of the Lord. And the prayer of the faith shall save the sick and the Lord shall raise him up. And if he committeth sins, they shall be forgiven him. Mm-hmm. Confess your faults one to another. Pray one for another that you may be healed. The effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much. Mm-hmm. And this is something here. Elias was a man subject to passion as we are. And he prayed earnestly that it might not rain. And not rain. It rained not on the earth by the space of three years and six yes. months. And he prayed again and the heaven gave rain. 
and the earth brought forth her fruit, which I think that kind of sums the whole thing up for when we started with verse 7 and where the early and the latter rain. And so I'm I th- following along. Okay, you are? Well, yep. good deal. Because I'm not easy to follow along, apparently. <laughs> no, no, you're doing good. You're doing good. So I think what we're um, what we're dealing with here is that, you know, our churches are split. And we have seen so many splits in our churches mm-hmm. uh, just recently, United Methodist Church, you know. Yeah. And for, I guess you would say, a good reason, okay? Yeah. But we're so, so divided in our country with so many things and... Um, and you're obviously going to see this split with the tear and the wheat. And so, I mean, obviously that's going to show. But for our church right now, we don't need to split. The true church of Christ needs to be yes. more than ever connected mm-hmm. and unified for his purpose. Amen. We are going to see our our families start splitting. I mean, we, uh, you know, I'm, I'm not immune to that. You know, I mean, I'm I'm dealing with certain things. I'm, I'm dealing. I'm seeing things in the church and in our community, but we need to unify as believers in Christ, coming together in prayer, and praying, and even confessing our faults among each other, so that our whole church can be healed. Amen. And so maybe I'm kind of off the rocker a little bit. No, no. But National Day of Prayer is important to me, and I hope it's important for a lot of people to be out there. But if you can't make a prayer, National Day of Prayer in your church or your school or uh, your work or even your home yes. that if you can't get out do something during that time so that you know that you at this time where everybody's praying together you can feel be part of that so yeah amen, amen. again that's thursday uh one more time uh, let's see i'm gonna try to remember these i'm gonna see okay. if I, i'll see how well i can do here okay 12 o'clock hardensburg old courthouse yeah that's gonna be uh p.m um and then you got irvington 12 at noon Eastern Time, City Hall. Then you got Cloverport, 11 a.m. at the City Hall there, too. Yes, sir. You did great. All right. Mm-hmm. I was getting ready to say 11 p.m. Um, to give you plenty of time to get from Hardsburg. <laughs> they were going to do the midnight session there because uh, that would have still been the National right. Day of Prayer. They're also in Grayson County, too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, at the Judicial Building. I yes. think that's the yes. new one, right? And that's actually what I was – yeah, yep. I'm so glad you brought that because that's what I was going to cover. I'm sure every other county, but these are those are two main counties we serve. Yeah, that so. we serve. Um, if anybody knows the Hardin County um, mm-hmm. National Day of Prayer information, I'll be glad to announce that. Right. we got area, too. Or and, down in Highsville, Alaska um, area. Got, yes, that's what I and Owensboro. Anything over there, we'd love to serve our communities there and get that word out there. Mm-hmm. Um, see, this is where we, we have this surprise coming Wednesday. We have a surprise coming Wednesday, 7.30 a.m. Central Time here on the Box 2 Radio Network. We're gonna, we have a surprise for all of our listeners and our listening family. And there's something that's tied with that surprise that's <laughs> going to be a community event calendar. All right, that's all I can say. Okay. There's, we'll have a community event calendar that will be at the fingertips. That's all I can say. I'm giving. Uh, I'm going to start giving hints. I thought I knew the surprise up until now. Then I'm just going to start giving hints. That's all I'm doing. <laughs> He's trying uh, to. Work. I thought maybe him. Hannah and Ethan were going to announce they were going to have a baby or something. Really? Oh my <laughs> god. That's no. what I was expecting, but you that's just, not it. Based, on, based no. on that, based on the information you just gave, that's not the, the surprise, in right? So, are you the dad that actually tries to figure out what present is, you know, under the Christmas tree? Or anything well, like that? you know, I will say this. Let me say this: 
the the presents that my kids get on Christmas sometimes are just as much surprise to me <laughs> as part of them. <laughs> Um, and so, um, oh, is that a surprise coming? No. No? (laughs) You're not the only one who's asked that, though. Uh, (laughs) Everyone's ready. um, Except for me. (laughs) (laughs) You know, Ethan seems like he'd be Ethan loves children. He loves kids. Yeah. And I will say this, um... And uh, I know we're going to go to break here. And thank you so much, Miss Juanita, for coming in. You did a great job, um, as always. And uh, appreciate it. Again, really do. We really do appreciate yes, your hard work you in the so community. Um, it's sometimes probably, you probably don't get enough things, but we do appreciate all you do. Well, and thank I, you so much. Well, thank you for having me. And, um, but Saturday night for the BCA prom did not go well. It went okay. But yeah. there, was some, there was some on-the-fly decisions that had to be made because... Not uh, on our part, but... Not I mean, there, on our part. There was... Uh, the the venue that they chose was uh, kind of deceptive a little yeah, bit. Yeah, not as advertised. Yes, and, and so it uh, had some things that were n- not appropriate for our our, uh, our our kids. And we we stand on principle. Yeah, and the principle was we had to take a stand, and and we're not going to allow our kids to stay in that nonsense. And it's it's no fault to anybody. Like it was actually we were led astray in it. Yeah. Um. And so we they they we we they left, mm-hmm. and we got the call. That they had to leave, so kind of their nights. I don't want to say ruined. I mean, they still got to dress up. They still had sure. spend time with friends. They still got to try. I mean, it was still a good night, but it was still kind of a letdown. Yeah, kind of a damper. Because it's that, two yeah. years in a row that the year before that they went on the boat and it didn't move. And yeah, it was high water and the, and I was yeah. on the boat that day, and I'm gonna tell you the food was disgusting. <laughs> oh, uh, and you know me, I love food. So for me to say <laughs> food is disgusting is a big deal. And I'm and. Um, and so two years in a row, we just felt bad. Like, and so at that point, we were in a prayer meeting, and there was about eight or nine of us said, let's just try to rescue this. So we did what was called the rescue prom. That's what we called it, the rescue prom. So we literally redid our whole gym, light shows. We had decorations. Um, and all this was led by Ethan Hayes and his <laughs> decorating abilities. Um <laughs> And he had Christmas lights out there. We had he picked out banners to hang in the hallway. We had I went and got our stage lights down. Literally got a ladder and took down our stage lights so that because we have the we have the ability to make them strobe. We have the ability to make them change. They can do different designs. They can do all that kind of stuff. So we have light shows in the hallway, light shows in the gym. We have food. I mean, we did all this in like an hour and twenty five minutes, an hour yeah. and thirty. We were booking. But I could not have done it without Ethan Hayes' <laughs> ability to put on an event. And his height to hang those That's uh, true too. streamer things. <laughs> and so uh, if anybody needs a wedding planner or event planner <laughs> oh anytime goodness. soon. Just go get him. Um, <laughs> Just call Hannah, and she will. I said, will... I've taught him well. He learned a lot from her. Yeah. What? There I mean, he go. did a great job. Because we, like, we didn't hire anyone to decorate for our wedding. We went to Red River Gorge, Kentucky, and we kind of did, we decorated and everything ourselves, which sure. I'm not going to take credit for it, because his family did a lot, but he right. also helped. And so I guess he's learned from his family, too. They're really good with decorating. Yeah. You know, actually, <laughs> I'll say this. I'll say this, because... I officiated that wedding, yeah, and that's probably why she says I'm a poor speaker. I probably messed up five <laughs> no, times in the wedding. Our wedding, our, good. Um, and honestly, we did it outside the cabin at Red River Gorge, and there was really not many decorations, but it was one of the most beautiful weddings I've ever been to. Well, well, when you're in the gorge, you know, it, I mean, you don't yeah, really have to do much. It's already naturally to do it. beautiful, yeah. mm-hmm. but it's like there. It was like 
you when you um when when Hannah walked down the steps and you saw Ethan's face staring at her and tears start throwing down his face, like you don't need decorations at that point. Yeah. Like you just mm-hmm. it was one of the most beautiful weddings that I've ever been to. And you didn't even it, it it was not because of what it looked like, it was because of the love that was shared and the the unison that was really happening. And um and so I just I, it was one of my favorite weddings I've ever been to. Um and um and I got pizza. Yeah. So I do think the ceremony was like the pinnacle like the ceremony was really awesome. But I'm sorry that our photos took so long and that it took so long for you to get food, Aaron. Well, because <laughs> he had to rush back here because he had church the next day. Yeah. Um, so we. <laughs> I didn't get home till about midnight or one a.m. Then got right back up to preach. But he wasn't leaving until he got that food. No. Was he? And, and we were like, just give him a whole pizza because we got that Miguel's pizza. Yeah. I don't know if you've ever had that. They Jason, wouldn't let me but, have nothing. Yeah. They wouldn't let me have a charcuterie board <laughs> item or nothing. <laughs> just had to sit no, there. No, I promise. I told him I said, please just give Aaron some food, but. They told they me wanted, to stay for food. So they I was, wanted to keep it all intact for the photos. <laughs> one box of pizza is not going to hurt anything. <laughs> I was like, yeah. All right, we're gonna take a we're gonna take a short break, and we're gonna transition. And Brother Waters is gonna be on with us in just a minute. We'll be right back here after this break on Mornings of Box Two Radio on the Box Two Radio Network. <laughs> all righty, we are back here on Mornings of Box Two Radio. We got Brother Jim Waters, which is the president and the CEO, I think, right? Yep. Correct? Of the Bluegrass Institute. How are you doing, Brother Waters? Hey, good morning. That's correct. And uh, nice to be with you. Uh, hard to believe it's been a month since we were, uh, since we talked last time. <laughs> I know. It doesn't seem it. Now, let me ask you this, because I knew you were the CEO and the president, but are you the founder of the Bluegrass Institute as well? I am. I am actually not the founder, but I was um, instrumental. Yeah. I was very much involved in starting. I was the first person brought on board by the founder. Okay. Okay. Was, well, I was getting ready yeah, to say founder, and, and yeah. I was hoping I, I didn't say it because I didn't want to misquote. So, uh, <laughs> well, uh, I no, I, I I was not the founder, but I was the first. I was the first person that came on board after the founder started. So, uh, so so I was close enough, but not quite there. Yeah. Well, uh, but, now I, I got to ask you because Jason's always persistent on this. He's a Cubs fan. Oh, You're yeah. a Reds fan, correct? Yeah, absolutely. Who's doing better yeah. this year? I think the Cubs are a little <laughs> bit better off right now. Oh, well, I'm sorry. I was I hoping the, the Reds. Reds are, I think the Reds. Let's move on to another subject. <laughs> the Reds are, I don't want to talk about the Reds. <laughs> I'm I'm almost in the same boat. I had hopes early on. But my hopes are dwindling already. We're not a month into the season. <laughs> Let's just say this: um, uh, we're believing for things that uh, that are, even though they are not right now. <laughs> yeah. that way. So, how much fun would you all have if 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 like the Reds were hosting the Cubs and you all went? Would y'all go? Yeah, that would be a good idea, brother Jim. We should do that sometime. Oh, I would be. Uh, yeah, I would be. Um, you know. If we won, that would be good. Yeah. <laughs> if if not, that's another story. <laughs> but, uh, All right. But look, hey, but I will I will tell you this story. Um, uh, I do pull for the Cubs as long as you know the Reds are involved. I'm right. kind of like I'm kind of like uh, really good UK fans, not the really mean ones, but the good ones who will pull for U of L even if you if UK gets knocked out of the tournament. But, right. And that's how I am. Uh, but my dad, uh, my dad was a huge Cubs fan, and 
We grew up Wise in man. Wabash, Indiana, which if you did MapQuest, it's almost the same distance from where we lived to Wrigley Field as it was to, at that time, Riverfront Stadium. But right. he, the first ball game I ever saw uh, was the Big Red Machine in 1975, but I didn't see it at Cincinnati. I saw it at Wrigley Field. Oh, wow. And, uh, and the Reds beat the Cubs 11-4 to that day. <laughs> but, wow. Um, but but hey, uh, but but the thing is, my dad, um, my dad lived uh, long enough to see the Cubs win the World Series. He had been a lifelong Cubs fan, and he passed away not long after the Cubs won the series. And he put that in his obituary. Yeah. <laughs> he he won. He got to see the Cubs there win the go. World Series. <laughs> so that gives you an idea of. What kind of household I grew up in? <laughs> no. You know, brother Jim, the first but, game. But, but I growing up with during, but growing up during the big red machine, you know, that was. I think that's what hooked me was. Yeah, was sure. those guys, you know. Yeah. So the very first game I yeah. saw was at Riverfront Stadium, and the Reds clinched the division. That was the year they won the World Series. Was it nineteen ninety? Oh, yeah. Was that 90? Yeah, yeah I think 90. it was ninety. They went. Yeah. So that was the very first yeah. game I saw. They clinched the division that day. And they were yeah. celebrating on the field and everything like that. So it was a good well, atmosphere. It, well, I, I've got another one for you on that because um, it seems like every time I've ever gone to a ball game, something historic has happened. But along those lines, in 1976, I was we were at Riverfront Stadium when the Reds clinched the uh, division that year. A guy named Pat Zachary was the pitcher, if you remember him. And yeah. they they clinched it that night. They clinched the division title, I should say, yeah. that night. <laughs> so, wow, that's good. So, well, yeah. spiritually speaking, what does it say of Jason that he cried when the Cubs won the World Series? But I've never seen him cry at church. <laughs> oh no. Oh well, Jason, you do you you should do you remember you remember the Big Red Machine and those? Uh, well, days I was uh, one. Oh yeah, I was very. Well, now young. I'm really in trouble. Yes, uh, yeah. <laughs> but, but here's uh, here's the thing, I'm, brother. I'm, Aaron. This I'm, is why I cry. I'm talking way too much. But yeah. <laughs> it, sp- but, um, I think it's um, here's the thing about the Cubs. I grew where you know back then you didn't have ESPN and the 24 hour stations, right. but we had WGN right. and they carried uh-huh. all the Cubs games. Exactly. You know? that, and, and that's what drew me in. <laughs> so I I grew up watching the Cubs and then. One of the other games I was at was also the Reds and Cubs when, if you remember, I think it was 70, 1978 maybe, or whenever Pete Rose had that long hitting streak, yeah. one of the longest hitting streaks in the National League uh, history. And we saw a game that day at Wrigley Field, and there were like three total hits in the game, and he got one of them. And there were like two hits. Like the Cubs had two hits and the Reds had just oh, like no. one hit or something. <laughs> and Dave Kingman, if you remember yeah, him, uh, Jason, Dave Kingman hit the home run that day, and um, and Rick Russell beat Tom Seaver in a pitcher's duel. Wow. But Keith Rose had uh, kept his hitting streak alive that day with one of the hits, one yeah. of the three hits in the game. So, huh. <laughs> but, but back to brother Aaron. Field. Back to brother Aaron's thing about crying at the World Series. <laughs> Oh, that was, yeah. well, See, the Spirit of the Lord uh, moves every Sunday. <laughs> well, but uh, the Cubs hey, have hey, not. At least it's you're every not 116 years fan. when the you Cubs. You know what win. I'm saying? I just got done, by the way. I would highly recommend a book by Tom Browning, and even Cubs, Cubs fans would enjoy this book. Okay. Tom Browning was a pitcher for the Reds who threw the only perfect game yeah, in Reds history. 
and uh, but he wrote a book, and it's just a it's just a fun. I mean, he just he it's not really that organized. He just jumps around, and tells all these stories. But one of the stories he tells is about uh, one day at Wrigley Field. Uh, he, it wasn't a day that he was supposed to pitch, and he just wanted to go out and sit in the bleachers one time, you know, out yeah. there. And so he just took off, you know, and uh, this guy got him in out there, and there he is sitting there above the ledge in the bleachers in his red uniform. He had, he had worn a windbreaker over it, and, but then he took it off, and everybody saw, here's the Shreds player sitting in the bleachers. <laughs> In right field, and, and uh, he got fined by Lou Pinella, who was the manager. Yeah. He got fined for doing that. <laughs> but there's a picture in the book of him sitting in the in the stands. It's a classic story, and, and I I was laughing so hard about the way he told that. He was just a character, but uh, he passed away not long ago, unfortunately. But he was he has one of the greatest books on red stories I've ever read. But there's a lot about the Cubs in there too. Wow. <laughs> well. All right. Well, let's let's get into the uh, state of Kentucky, and um, what's going on on your end that you know about that we should know about. Well, of course, um, I think when we talked the last time, the legislature had just finished up their session, and uh, and um, you know, one of the big bills, one of our priorities that was passed was. And I, I don't know if we got into this or not too much, but it, it's already uh, having some consequences. But that was Senate Bill 7, uh, which now requires uh, teachers' unions to collect their own dues uh, from members and their own political contributions. Um, and, the, and, and also it's going to require the teachers' unions to um, to – issue a report on how they spend their dollars to their members every year. Now, this is this is important because in Kentucky, uh, most of the free market policies and most of the conservative policies that we have supported and that other groups have supported, even like some of the uh, groups that work on um, the social issues like the Family Foundation, the American Family Association, and so forth, um, the teachers' unions have been the biggest opponents of all of our ideas and all of our policies. So this is going to force them to, rather than sitting back and allowing the school districts to collect the dues through paycheck deduction, automatic paycheck deduction, which is how they were doing it before, uh, how they have been doing it is the school districts would just deduct the union dues and the political contributions uh, from teachers' paychecks and just send it to the to the unions. And mm-hmm. the unions didn't have to do anything except spend the money. But now they're going to have to go to each union member that they – and, and ha- they're going to have to collect the union dues every year. And uh, the union members, the teachers are going to have to write a check or they're going to have to make – they're going to have to consciously make that, uh, make that payment to the union. So this is um, – <clears throat> this is going to – probably reduce union membership in the teachers union in Kentucky, which, uh, but, but at the very least, they're not going to be able to just get that money without having to put forth a, a lot of effort. And, you know, that's important because the money they're collecting is being used to keep school choice and other issues out of Kentucky. So, and to deny parents that educational option. It's also been used to, uh, to fight, uh, conservatives on 
on other issues like curriculum issues, like library books and gender uh, issues and all of those issues that's been used to fight against conservatives and against those of us who stand for uh, for righteousness and free market issues. So this is a big this is a big uh, win for us during this session. We worked on this for a couple of years. And not, and then last week, uh, I, I, about it was in the last week and a half in Lexington. Uh, because of this bill, uh, it caused the Lexington school district now to not recognize a group uh, as a union right now because they're, they they had not properly filed uh, to to indicate that they were a union and things like that. So, uh, so this is all uh, this is all coming out. What we know is that. The Kentucky Education Association, which is uh, the name of the state teachers union, they send, uh, they only use about, they use less than 9% of the money they collect uh, here in the state for teachers to represent teachers and to meet their needs. Mm -hmm. Uh, The rest of it is used primarily for political uh, projects like, uh, like working for candidates, or opposing us on school choice and other issues. So I mean, that gives you an idea of, uh, and they, they, they collect about the, the any, they send a lot of their money to the National Education Association, which is, uh, which is a radical left wing group. And, uh, and the, the NEA, I think it was last year collected like $340 million that they use just for, for political purposes. So, so, uh, we think this is a, a this is a win. This um, this really does also, you know, a lot of teachers were giving money to the unions, but they didn't really know what was happening with it. So uh, once they find that out, I think a lot of teachers in Kentucky are not going to want to uh, support these radical causes. The other thing that was passed during this session was that the state uh the General Assembly passed a bill that would fund the liability insurance for all teachers. And that actually takes away another reason for teachers to join a union in Kentucky because uh, because that was one of the major reasons that teachers were joining the unions was to, um, was to get that liability insurance. So now the state is going to pay that, and it's a nominal amount. It's um, maybe a couple hundred dollars a year per teacher, but... This will be a benefit that will be provided to the teachers, and they won't have to rely on uh, on the unions uh, for this benefit. So, uh, you know, this this is also another. This will take away another incentive, really, for people to join the the unions. Now, you know, I'm not anti-union per se, um, but what I do have a problem with is public unions, uh, like the teachers' unions. Uh, you know, I think like the UAW and other unions like that, they um, they they tend to be more supportive of their members and to actually operate like a union should. And now that we have right to work in Kentucky, uh, and the fact that people don't have to join a union in order to keep their jobs at a union shop, so so that makes it all voluntary. So if people want to voluntarily join a union, that's their that's their right to do that. And I think they should have the freedom to do that. And the same is true with the teachers' unions. Uh, teachers in Kentucky do not have to join the union, but many of them have, 
had been pressured into doing it or intimidated into doing it, and they thought they had to in order to get some of these other benefits. Um, but now they'll know how the union is spending their dollars, and uh, they'll also have the freedom not to join, and they'll know that. So, uh, so I think it's uh, I think it's a step forward uh, for education reform. I think it'll make it more possible for us to. Uh, bring school choice to Kentucky and other reforms uh, to to education. Great, and so yeah. I know. Um, yeah. So it looks like we're we're moving forward in that area, and um, and I know that. Well, yeah, and let me. Yeah, go ahead. No, go, go ahead. ahead. No, you're fine. You're fine. Well, I was just going to say, you know, we're we're looking at a likely constitutional amendment for school choice next year. Um, and, and we talked a little bit about it last time. So I'll just mention that as a reminder that, um, that this, this interim and the next year will be, uh, ground zero for school choice. Kentucky will be ground zero because these unions are already upset about this bill that was passed and about, about the paycheck, uh, deductions and, uh, of course, they're already opposed to school choice, so they'll be so the outside groups will probably be pouring a lot of money into Kentucky to try to stop us from having having school choice or to try to get a constitutional amendment defeated. Um, but you know, I've been very um, let me say let me give a shout out to Representative Josh Callaway, who in Irvington, who uh, who really has stepped up to lead on this issue. So we're very appreciative of his. Uh, of his leadership, and, you know, he filed the bill for a constitutional amendment during this last session, and it got out of committee, and it had 34 co-sponsors, um, more than any school choice bill has ever had in Kentucky. So uh, so I wanted to give a shout-out to him as being in the listening area this morning uh, for his work, and, and I think he'll be involved with that next year. I hope he will be as well. So just wanted to add that in. Yeah, yeah, I know he's um, he's worked quite a bit on that bill, hasn't he? And try to get some things happening. And, um... Yes, yes, and he's also been uh, very uh, much uh, a bold conservative in the legislature. You know, um, he's uh, he's ruffled the feathers of some moderates and some other folks, but you know, he's ta- he's he's stood for what he believes, and he's uh, he, I think he's done a good job on this school choice issue of, of representing his constituents. So, and, you know, it's great because he's from a more rural area. And, you know, one of the things that the unions and the opponents of school choice would have us to believe is that uh, people in rural areas don't, don't care about this issue or they don't want it. That That's absolutely not true. Uh, some polling that's been done shows that there is stronger support for school choice in western and eastern Kentucky, in other words, the more rural areas of our state, than there are in the more urban areas of our state. So, mm-hmm. you know, families in rural areas, like like um, like where Bethel is, I mean, uh, you know, there's there's you have Bethel Christian Academy, and I'm sure there's some other a few other opportunities there, but uh, but rural families don't have many options, you know, mm-hmm. when it comes to for example, if they're in public school and they need a, a uh, advanced placement class in physics or or advanced mathematics class, and the district doesn't have the resources or the teachers to provide that, uh, those kids ought to be able to have some access to 
to those to those classes, whether it be online or or in a hybrid situation with a private school or a tutor or whatever it may be. And we should be making you know providing a way to get those resources to those families. So uh, so I think you know I think there's a lot of support for for educational liberty, and and it's what's really great is that we have a really a, a legislator representing a rural district. Uh, Representative Callaway, who stepped up and and who is leading on that, and uh, you know I hope Representative Heverin and some of these other representatives in the area will uh, will will be supportive of that when it comes, and, and I think they will be, and they have been, and we appreciate that. So, uh, but but he's he's taken the lead, and he's from a rural area, so that's great to have a school choice champion. Uh, from uh, Breckenridge County, you know, yeah. in Kentucky. Uh, that, that's great. So good for him. Now, let me ask you this. Um, from the from the, the session, there was a lot of – there was some protesting. There were some um, people very upset about a couple of things. But, of course, we are on the side of, you know, standing, protecting our children against the attack of the enemy and the onslaught of evil that's trying to surround them. Um, policy-wise – is there anything you want to say maybe we need to tidy up from what we've heard for over the last few weeks that you want to just clarify on all those issues with transgenderism and what we're doing with our kids in schools? Well, I would point uh, everyone to Senate Bill 5, which passed, and um, this goes along with the rest of our discussion because, um, th- you know, parents are uh, – uh, and this is a good thing, you know. I, I think I think you could point to COVID, uh, brother Aaron, and and you could you can see how parents have begun to pay more attention, obviously, to what is and is not happening in, especially in their public schools or in all schools, wherever their kids may be in school, but particularly in public schools. And uh, out of that came an increasing concern about about curriculum and what's what's actually being taught in the classrooms, you know. And uh, I think in the past, parents have been, you know, have been somewhat maybe too trusting of of the system and in terms of what's of the actual content and mm-hmm. subjects that are being taught and, and the effectiveness of that. And I think uh, combined with that, they've had a real issue with a lack of openness by uh, by some school officials and by education leaders, uh, board members, or particularly like superintendents or unelected people, uh, and, they, and they don't feel like they've been heard and they've been that their concerns are being addressed. So, and, and I think we've seen that with the whole gender, um, you know, sex orientation issues as well as the critical race theory topics mm-hmm. as well. So. Um, so what's coming out is, and this is what we have going on here, is a movement toward a greater transparency regarding what's being taught in the classroom, and also a demand for more responsiveness from from school leaders and more openness. Yeah. Uh, you know, we're going to spend over forty percent of our gen- entire general fund budget in Kentucky. Uh, during the next two years in our budget on on K through 12 education, so we're talking about a, somewhere in the neighborhood of eight to ten billion dollars, mm-hmm. uh, and, uh, and so those dollars are not uh, they they are taxpayer dollars, 
And so, you know, taxpayers have a right to know what's going on with their dollars and how those are being used. And Senate Bill 5 um, this year addressed sexual material that's being used in schools. And, uh, you know, and, and the, and, and, uh, and this legislation uh, is, in your question, is what more needs to be done. I think this is a, definitely a step. It's a complement. Um, it's a step in the right direction. It complements our efforts for more choice for parents. Um, and it, and it certainly, you know, it certainly is true that we need more information about uh, about what's being taught. And one of the things the Bluegrass Institute's going to work on is creating a transparency project so that um, parents in, in across the state, no matter where they may be at, would know what their what their district is teaching. But also, we're using this again to point to the fact that. Um, the way it is right now, to really get a change, you have to get a law passed like that, and that requires a, a really uh, long and laborious process for parents. Whereas, um, if we if we uh, allow choice, parents, if they don't like what's going on, they can choose a different school, and that tends to make the school district more responsive quicker, and it tends to cause them to really listen and respond to parents. So rather than having to go get a law change, uh, we think parents should just have the option of taking their children and the and the money that follows them to a different school. But all these things can work together, and, and the legislation was good legislation. But still, you, do you understand my point that there's a difference in it takes a it takes a long time and a big process to get a bill passed. It doesn't take much for a parent to be able to say, "I'm going to go to a different school because." I don't like what's being taught in my children's classroom or in this school, and I tried to get the school district to pay attention to me, and they wouldn't. They ignored my concerns or they dismissed them, uh, and they're not doing anything about it. So I, I'm going to exercise my option for a different for a different school. Mm-hmm. So yeah. I think we need to make it. I think we need to empower parents again. But I do think the legislation, to answer your question, that was a step in the right direction, but we need to keep moving more in that direction. Senate Bill 5 is the bill that I was talking about. And uh, you can look those bills up. You can look on our website. You can go to our website. We have a bill. We had a bill tracker that had, uh, that had several bills on there that we followed. So be sure to just type in. You can just look for bill tracker, and you'll find that. All righty. Well, we got about one minute left, Brother Jim. Uh, anything you want to clarify in one minute? Or say, <laughs> well, there's, <laughs> there's, there's, there's uh, the next session is going to be a huge in session in 2024. Uh, we're going to probably see another income tax reduction as we move closer to getting rid of that in Kentucky. You're going to see, you're going to see benefits from that. So, and then I would just encourage folks to, you know, especially Christians to educate yourself about these issues. You know. We are to be salt, and we are to be light, and we are to bring the kingdom of God on the earth as it is in heaven. So part of that is to, is to challenge and engage with our culture, with our legislature, with our political uh, class, and uh, get on our website at bips.org, B-I-P-P-S.org, and educate yourself on these issues. Feel free to reach out to me as well. My information is on there. And uh, I truly appreciate you all continuing, you know, to 
have this program and uh, give us the opportunity to talk about these issues. We'll have some other issues that we'll we'll be talking about as well. But school, I wanted to really hammer home the importance of school choice today. So, but mm-hmm. uh, but we'll talk about some economic issues as well next time. All right, thank so. you, sir. Appreciate you always yes, coming sir. on. All right, have a great day. You too. All right, well we're out of time. Um, thank you so much for joining in on, on this beautiful Monday morning. We'll be back tomorrow, 7 a.m. Central Time on Mornings of Box 2 Radio on the Box 2 Radio Network.